Welcome to StarCast, a show about tarot, divination, and all things mystical. StarCast is a celebration of StarCon, the Southeastern Tarot Artist and Readers Conference. I'm Amy Mauser, and here's your host, Christiana Gaudet. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of StarCast. We are so happy to have you here, and we hope that you'll be joining us in January, January 21st through 23rd, either online or in person in Palm Beach Gardens for StarCon. With me today, one of our StarCon presenters, Kim Danbert. How are you, Kim? I'm doing okay. I, I'm just, honestly, I'm just getting over my booster. We, I just had my Moderna booster and everyone said it's like being kicked by a mule, but it really is. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better and I'm glad you're playing it safe. Um, you know, they say Moderna is probably the, the turns out to be the best one. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So that's a good thing. All right. So we are so excited for StarCon. Now you presented last year when we did StarCon all online, you presented with us. Um, I had the best time. I really, I really enjoyed the um, the virtual concept a lot. And I mean, it, a lot of people don't know that I'm four foot ten, so I'm not always, you know, in a virtual setting. I'm not jockeying for a position to see the <laughs> presenter. Are you there? Can I see you? <laughs> So, no, thank you for that, because that's a, a whole thing I hadn't even thought about. Like for the people, you know, there's advantages to each. There's advantages to being in person. There's advantages to being in line, uh, to being online. I had not thought about for a person who is not tall. I hadn't really thought about that particular advantage, but it makes sense. And of course, like. I knew that you were not tall and your husband is super tall. He's six foot eight. So when he's six, eight, you're four, 10. I'm four, 10. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> he's almost exactly twice as tall. As wow. That is, that is, that is a fabulous thing. I, I love that. <laughs> I, I love it. I think people don't think about this, but we have similar problems from opposite ends you know he has trouble getting shoes I'm always in the children's section children's shoes and um airport you know airplane seats and theater seats oh gosh yeah I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure so while you may be short of stature you are certainly not short of wisdom oh you're so (laughs) sweet to say that (laughs) Now, before we get into what you're going to be presenting and all of that, I would just love to hear your tarot origin story, because I know you've been working with tarot for a long time, and I know that because you presented at the at the Tarot World uh, Congress, and that was back in the 90s. So if you were presenting at an international conference back in the 90s, you've been doing this for as long as I have been. So tell me your origin story. Um, well, um, my origins in spirituality and spiritualism, I'm a, I'm a medium. 
as well. So I um, took some training at Casadega, which is a town of mediums and psychics. But the first person to show me a tarot deck introduced me to Casadega and introduced me to two of my other lifelong interests, one Jack the Ripper and the other the Shroud of Turin. Could they be more different? (laughs) Um, but, But I got my first tarot deck at a a magic shop Mm -hmm. and they had a couple of tarot decks in fact i have that tarot deck here with me wow which deck is that so this is the sacred rose tarot oh yes 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 i I, have that deck well i modified this deck because i actually ran over it at one point at an event ran over one card and so i rebacked them and stuff wow. like that. Yeah. But um, she had some at the magic shop, she had some samples and I, what was interesting about it to me was I was shuffling and I was thinking about, I want a card to represent me, which is now, as we know it, a significator. Right. And I shuffled and the high priestess came up and I thought, oh, that's, that's clever. <laughs> and I reshuffled and three times in a row, the high priestess came up on top. Wow. So that has been my significator ever since. And of course, back in 1980, um, we, <laughs> you know, didn't have the um, girth of tarot decks and tarot literature that we do now. In fact, I think back then the only deck, I mean, the only book I could find was by Eden Gray. Yes, I started with Eden yeah. Gray too. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I read that. I read, read The Pictorial Key by Arthur Edward Waite. Um, did your head explode when, when you read that book? It, it did. I, you know, my husband and I have a, have a, a saying that if somebody is a vehicle by which something happens, you know, happens good for you, but they're not exactly parallel to your beliefs or whatever, we call them an instrument, but an an instrument, instrument, but (laughs) they may not have everything, you know, in line with your ideas. Right. So, um, that's, you know, that's, those are my origins. They're, they're kind of anomalous and slightly boring. I love it though. And it actually, for me, brings up a question because obviously Casadega, like Lilydale, these are, they started as spiritualist camps. They, uh, when I had my office in Niantic, Connecticut, there's also a spiritualist camp there, right. uh, but it didn't grow into an actual village as Casadega did or as Lilydale did. Uh, but I ended up on numerous occasions uh, working alongside uh, mediums who were spiritualists, who were trained by the spiritualist church. And they seemed to take a very dim view of Tara. Now you're nodding your head. Of course, for, for those people who are listening, they can't hear completely, you. Yes, I completely um, understand that. When I went to Casadega, I was working in the hotel. Mm-hmm. The hotel, if you haven't been there, the hotel is neutral ground. 
<laughs> so part of it is, you know, the the National Spiritualism Association across the street used to be the Universal Center in the village of Casadega. And the person that I was working there, so a person offered me a job, will you come over and read tarot? I, I was at an event across the street. And um, I said, sure. And while I was there, I learned a lot about the business of giving readings. Uh But the people in the National Spiritualist Association, they would invite me to events. I would go to fundraisers to conduct readings for mediums nights. But they would say, we do not believe in focal points. You leave your crystal ball and tarot deck home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it isn't like that now. You can go into Casadega at the um, camp office and pick up a crystal ball and a, a seance trumpet. I have one of those, and you can pick up tarot decks now. It didn't used to be that way, though. Wow. Thank you for letting me know that because I've sort of stayed clear. You know, I have great respect for the spiritualist church, but I've sort of stayed clear of them because I did not feel like they had great respect for me. Um, So I'm glad that that has changed. That's a a fabulous thing. Next question. What is a, was that a a seance trumpet, a spirit trumpet? What was that? Oh my goodness. I, I, if I had known, I would, I would run over and pick it up, but a seance trumpet, do you remember those little water cups you could keep in your um, purse and you pull them up and they stack? Yes, and yes, funnel? yes, yes. That's what a, cups. Right. Well, mine does that. You just pull it up and it comes. And it what it does is it helps with spirit voice and sometimes apports. I've actually had music come out of my sound trumpet when I've done readings. I've done seances that and other things people like that. can hear music that yes. other people can hear that other yeah that my client could hear wow yeah. so it's basically just just telling spirit this can amplify your voice so speak through this right well isn't that delightful uh, see you learn something new every day i love that so you are really an old-fashioned medium conducting seances you are a modern tarotist reading tarot. And my understanding is you have a tarot deck that you're going to be publishing. Is that true? Yes. Actually, things were kind of stalled this year. Um, my printer was having problems with supplies. Right. But I'm doing, I'm doing a traditional pictorial key tarot deck that couples on the card a um, Bible verse. Oh, I love that. So would you would you be willing to give like one example card and verse? Um, sure. Um, the the magician card, which we're all really familiar with, there is a Bible verse that says, as above, so below. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So um each of the cards has um a scriptural verse that speaks to the heart of the interpretation of the card. I love that. And, you know, as above, so below is so sacred because it's in the Bible, but it's also like pre-Christian emerald tablet. It goes all the way back to hermetic wisdom. 
And that's so correct. that's, you know, that's just a huge thing. Uh, but that brings us to uh, another question I want to ask. And we can see that you bridge a lot of worlds, right? That you bridge the world of tarot and spiritualism. You also bridge the worlds of tarot and Christianity. And last year at StarCon, you did a presentation on tarot and the Bible, if I remember correctly. Yes. So, and I love that. I don't know if you know this, but I also come out of the Christian tradition. I don't identify as Christian now, but my dad was a Methodist minister. Uh, he was really supportive of my career as a reader, which was a, a wonderful thing. And, and I do still find a lot of wisdom in scripture and in the stories, um, which of course are the stories I grew up with. But you and I both know that a lot of Christian churches frown on exactly the work that we do. How do you deal with that? Frown on. Oh, that's such, that's such a temperate word. I, I tease everybody when in my classes and say that Walt and I have been thrown out of every legitimate church in Brevard County. Um, and it is kind of true. Yeah. But the, I, honestly, so many of my origins start in the same place, this place of Casadega. And I was baptized originally in the Roman Catholic tradition oh. and wasn't really, we didn't resign. Um, sorry, cattail. <laughs> um, we didn't, we weren't practicing. And when I went to Casadega, I got really sick. I got deathly ill in Casadega, and I had an experience with Christ. Okay. I mean, leave it to me to have an experience with Christ in a spiritualist community. Right, right. So I had this experience where Christ showed up at the foot of my bed and said, you are going to recover and you are going to work for me. And for the first 10 years, my relationship with Christ was much like that of an employee-employer. Mm -hmm. And now it's a little, you know, it's it's more amalgamated. It's more, um, I don't know, it's a closer sort of thing. But many things that I've learned, that many things that people believe are admonitions against what we do, Mm -hmm. are are not and I end up asking people did you read the book <laughs> or are you repeating what someone said to you right. and often it's the latter it's often right. the latter right um, absolutely yeah well I mean like in the book of Leviticus there's this horrific thing that you know you're not supposed to see spiritus and you're not supposed to there's so many things you're not supposed to do any kind of divination you're not supposed to do that it's in leviticus 19 and um 1 through 31 just start don't 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 but it also says you're not supposed to get anything pierced you're not supposed to wear blended fabrics mm -hmm. And you're not supposed to blend two different kinds of cattle. So by that reckoning, we all go into hell. Every last right. one we're going. But when you look at it in context, the book of Leviticus is for a priest class. 
Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not that person. And so from a Christian perspective, Jesus was very specific to come and say, those are the old laws. I bring the new laws and the new laws are really clear. Love yourself. Love love one another. (laughs) right love god that's right love one another you know love one another so that's i mean that is often what i will say to people is have did you read the book because it turns out pretty good for us who are imperfect at the end right and even you know (laughs) saint paul's letter to the corinthians where he talks about gifts of the spirit spirit that's right. Gifts of the spirit. You're yeah. old, and it's from the book of, it's an old Testament book, the book of Joel, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. So you can tell whether you're an old man or a young man, depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And you know, anyway, I, think it's um, I, it is something I have. Right. I think it's important to recognize too, the book of Leviticus is also what is often used to justify homophobia. Uh, I, you know, suffice it to say, I think just God doesn't want us distracted in our (laughs) relationship with a higher power. And I'm just thinking that. But either way, it's not our call. We're not supposed to be judging. And I, I think that, you know, to recognize that that one book of the Bible is not the, is not the litmus by which we should look at how to live, whether we're a Christian or not, however we're seeing that, um, it's just not like that. <laughs> well, I... I think you're absolutely right. I mean, in the book of Genesis, it says, thou shall not suffer a witch to live. But when you read it within context, when you're looking at that language, what it means, what is, the, what is kind of left off, you just don't, if this person doesn't believe as you do, then you don't let them make a life among you. You, you know, these are older. I mean, this is back when people did not have discernment. Well, and we that, that is the other thing is to think about, you know, how culture changes and how times change. And, and that's, you know, that's an important thing. So, I mean, all of this leads me to think that in a way, I'm sure this has not been an easy path for you. No, it hasn't been an easy path. And people don't often live on a bridge. <laughs> right. Kind of but I want to say, I, it's, not, it's not any different. The, I mean, the Roman Catholic religion has an entire history of mysticism. Right. Where the saints had visions and, and uh, knew about things before they actually occur. We know that the Hebrew faith is very... Um, replete with Kabbalah, which is the mystical rite of the Jewish religion. Right. So I'm not doing anything new. In fact, I'm doing something very old. Fact. (laughs) That's a fact. Now, okay, so we know that you get some pushback from the Christian community. 
do you also get pushback from the tarot community for being Christian? I cannot believe you asked me that question. Yes, I do. Actually, I have. I mean, um, and I guess it just has to do with what, um, where you're feeling threatened, maybe. Right. You know, they're afraid I'm going to break out, you know, my Ryrie study Bible and start thumping. <laughs> and that isn't really what happens. I don't do that. Right. Um, I do, you know, I do ask people about their, what is your belief system? And I believe in honoring most belief systems. I mean, if they're, if you really believe it, I am not in a position to judge you. Right. I'm, I've not been given that gift. I've not been given that discernment. I wouldn't want it if I had it. <laughs> so, go. you know, it's just what I'm, I'm saying, but I have uh, for, you know, on both, both sides of the bridge want you to side with them. And, and um, we were, I mean, five years ago, Walt and I were, really involved in a Methodist church in the area. And um, the pastor knew what I did for a living. And one day in a phone call, she disinvited me. You got kicked out of the Methodist. So, so where do you go to church now? Uh, We don't have a church home. Walt and I practice communion every day of our lives. Every morning we pray for everybody, you know, in our family and people that we, we have people on a prayer list and that sort of thing. We have communion. Uh, sometimes we have devotion. I'm very active, as you know, in Bible journaling. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, um, you know, if you live on a bridge, you have to get used to your feet being in midair. Mm. Wow. So, you know, in, In paganism, we talk a lot about being a solitary practitioner, and that's a legit choice. Right. Uh, Christianity, like I was really brought up believing that you need to have a church home. And the idea, you know, of not having a church home feels like to me that that feels sad. But it seems like you and Walt have created a solitary practice of Christianity that really that really works. Well, it's not all solitary. I, I just want to say it does say, I mean, the New Testament is very replete with um, joining, communing with the saints mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And um, Walt has a Bible study that uh, it's all men, Methodist men who moved their study off premises when we were disinvited from the church. Oh, my goodness. So that Walt could continue to teach them. And if you come to my classes, I mean, at some point you'll get a, you'll get a bite. You'll get a tidbit of Christianity. You will. I, it's who I am and it's what happens, but who is going to, I mean, I did say when I was being, you know, um, kind of raked over the coals. Okay. Well, these people who believe differently from you, you as a miss Methodist minister, who's going to minister to those people obviously you're not going to do that so I do that's I I give them a taste of Christ you know here's my taste of Christ Mm -hmm. and you don't allow 
a, a bunch of other opinions to determine your relationship with a higher power, with God or whatever. You that is your relationship, just like a relationship if you're in a marriage or if you have a pet or whatever, you define that relationship. You know, I'm curious to know uh, what year did this happen that you got disinvited from the Methodist? What, what year was that? I, I think it was approximately four or five years ago. So I, I'm just wondering where that lines up with the the split that is happening in the Methodist Church. One of my best friends is a Methodist minister. We met at Methodist summer camp when we were teens, and, uh, and she was good friends with me and my parents. And she's lesbian, and she's part of the coming out movement, you know, the calling right. out movement in the Methodist Church. And so I've been very closely following what's been going on. And it feels like what happened to you coincides with that drawing of battle lines. Just, just say. No, that timing is just exactly right because they were here in Florida. They were supposed to take some sort of a vote Yes, about whether they, and um, the church that we belong to just opted out of the vote. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So, (laughs) so whatever, but I'm just think about this. I mean, I, I think about this, um, a scene from a movie, very old movie called Summersby, where a woman, a very old woman is talking about someone working her. It's after the civil war and someone working her fields. And she says, I'm not going to have my field next to those people, meaning the black people. And the man that's running the meeting says, okay, so where are you going to (laughs) live? Where exactly are you going to live? And when you look across this country, there are many people that have differing lifestyles and differing um, belief systems. You know, I don't believe lesbianism is a belief system. No, I believe who you are. (laughs) I I believe it's who, who you are and who you, well, it's who you love. Right. Right. And I'm much more interested in people who are interested in loving than hating. (laughs) God knows in, in this world, in the last two years, we certainly need more love. That is a fact. So speaking of love, we'll use that as a transition to StarCon is coming up and we love that. And I am so excited. I'm actually going to your um, intensive the day before. Wonderful. I am so, well, when do we get to teach, you know, when do I get to take class from you? We're both so busy. We don't. Unless it's an event, we don't get to see each other. So I'm very excited. And if your listeners and viewers haven't signed up, sign up now because oh. it's going to be amazing. Well, I really appreciate that. The the pre-conference intensive, you know, because I'm running the conference and I love to teach, as you know, you've had me as a guest teacher at, at your events uh, but during the, the conference proper, I want to be there as host. 
And yet I I can't pass up an opportunity. So the pre-conference intensive, for those who don't know, and and thanks for the window in to talk about this, uh, it will be a full day of classes with me, 9.30 a.m. till 5.30 p.m. It's a separate ticket. And uh, we're going to, it's five classes throughout the course of the day, uh, finding the magic of Tara. And uh, it should be really, well, it's an intensive. It should be fun, but it's going to be intense. And I'm so glad you're going to be part of that. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm so excited. I I have goosebumps. (laughs) That is fabulous. So will you share just a tidbit of what you're going to be teaching at StarCon? I'm reprising the presentation that I made in um, at the World Tarot Congress, yeah. and um, I don't I don't know if you've ever been like any tarot conference. You have these beautiful luminaries, and then I was invited to come. You know, come, Kim Janet Barris, who was putting it on, said, "Come and teach us something." Mm-hmm. And all of the people, all of the teachers before that, I, you know, Mary Greer and <laughs> Kaya Vanoff, and I, I, I thought, no, no, no. So I taught a game. Okay. And the game, the game was, I thought, you know, this way, you know, I, I don't have to have a debate with anybody about tarot history. All I have to do is present the game. So it's called um, Court Cards and Kingdoms. There are four kingdoms, the kingdom of cups, wands, swords, obviously, and pentacles. And uh, where you sit determines who you are in the court. Knight, king, queen, page. And then we divide up all of the major arcana cards. And you are given a conundrum, a problem to resolve and the pages can go to the other kingdoms for communication. And I, when I originally presented this, Walt was with me and we are setting up the tables. There's nobody. And I turned around to say to Walt, nobody's coming. Nobody's (laughs) going to come to this. And he had read from me and said, you are going to be surprised. This is going to be jam packed. People that you don't expect are going to be there. And I thought, yeah, okay. And I turned around and all of the people that entered my, um, my space were teachers, Kareen Kenner, Mary Greer, they were all teachers. And I thought, oh, okay, okay, thank God I put it, I had an outline, just read the outline, Kim. And they so got into it. It's a role-playing game. They so got into it. Mm-hmm. And um I remember at one point, one of the characters was the Hierophant. And he said, I have a comment. So I walk over to him with the mic and he says, once again, the church is misunderstood in all of this. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he's he's in the zone. He's completely in the zone. And the resolution for that particular game was the Kingdom of Cups poisoned their own heir apparent. Oh, no. (laughs) Tarot people are ruthless, I'm telling you. (laughs) And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And it's something you can do in the space of an hour. So it's a lot of fun. 
That is fabulous. So we'll have to see what happens at StarCon. That is, uh, and, and I think for most of our StarCon presentations, the people who are coming in online and the people who are in person are going to have pretty similar experiences. I think with this workshop, it's possible that it will be somewhat different, that the people who are in person will experience this differently than the people who are online. But I think we can say that everyone will learn something and, and everyone will have an enjoyable experience. Wouldn't you agree? I think we'll all have a good time, all of us. I mean, just seeing what people's perspectives are of specific suits and um, what their function is. You learn a lot about the kingdom, you know, the the court cards, which uh -huh. is kind of something that people are, you know, wary about sometimes. Well, that's just it. And, and I think this is like it, at every conference, there should be at least one class about court cards. Right. And so this is last year, um, Maria Luisa Salazar spoke about court cards in both Spanish and English. Oh. Um, <laughs> this year, it's you. And Maria is actually going to be joining us. Maria Luisa will be joining us all the way from Peru. So we're really oh excited goodness. about that. Yeah. Yeah. She is. Oh, I will love seeing her. I will yes. love seeing her. Yes. You have a great lineup. And oh, my some gosh. Yes. Some of the things that, I mean, I love the luminaries too. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love Mary Greer. I, I love the luminaries too. Um, I, one of my favorite authors is, is going to be at this, um, at StarCon. She wrote two really excellent books. Her name is Christiana something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> She's written some really excellent books. I love the luminaries too, but you know, I have learned some wonderful things by people who are a little lesser known. Right. And we try to have a good balance of that at StarCon. We have Rachel Pollock, we have Sasha Graham, we have Chiro Marchetti, uh, we have Jenna Matlin, Nancy Hendrickson. We have some well-known people this year. We're very excited about that. But we also have some rising talent and and I'm Frank very Kowalski. happy. Frank Kowalski is going to be talking about tarot in the fab four tarot in yes. the middle. I mean it's you know, going to be amazing. He is a local he's a South Florida guy. Um Frank yeah. Kowalski. He is just a wonderful guy and has built a really great tarot business a little further south from me. And um, and he loves the Beatles. And it's a funny thing, too, because, you you know, I have great love for the Grateful Dead. And Frank right. also loves the Grateful Dead. So he and I have that in common. But his most, most favorite band is the Beatles. Uh, and he's done this whole project around tarot and the Beatles. And I cannot wait for this. I think this is going to be so much fun. I think it's going to be amazing. And it's just exemplary of tarot really kind of having its moment. I know moment isn't really accurate because it's just this burst of, you know, me being a bridge, is, I, it, it's not a new thing. You know, you can, if you love baseball, you can get a tarot and baseball. Right. Deck. So tarot really does bridge to everything. That's what we're saying, right? 
And by having a conference that is hybrid in person and online, something we would not have thought to do were it not for the pandemic, we are also creating a bridge. And what's exciting too is this year, Excelevance has an app. So, you know, I'm thinking even with your workshop, you could actually have um, people in each of the groups with the app on their phone and members of the group could be coming in online on an app. I, you know, anything is possible. Yeah. If Carol has taught me anything at all in my 38 years, it's anything is possible. I had completely abandoned my faith. I had had a really devastating sort of thing. And my husband and I went to a tarot conference and that brought me back to my faith. Uh, Anything is possible with tarot. That is a beautiful thing. Kim Danbert, how can people learn more about you and get in touch with you? Um, www.kimdanbert.com. Perfect. It's my website. I would, I would love to hear from you. You can email me through the website and I would love to hear from you. I teach classes at a bookstore, mineral store in Merritt Island called Island Crystal and Bead. And you've been there. I Um, have been there. And this is a, a fun, just, you know, talk about bridges with tarot. The people who own your shop, the Mondazis, and a lot of people know the Mondazis from um, half, was it discountnewagebooks.com? Is, was that the website? Right. Well, I know the Mondazis because in the 90s, when in Connecticut and Massachusetts, I ran Christiana Psychic and New Age Fair, they were vendors at my fair. That so, is so wonderful. I, I, I love how things link up, you know, you love it when a plan comes together. Um, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. And we will all be coming together either in person or online January 21st through 23rd. Uh, get your ticket. Now there are ticket levels at all prices. Ticket prices run from $50 up to $425. Get the ticket that works for you. Starcon.com. That's S-T-A-A-R-C-O-N.com. Kim Danbert, thank you so much for joining us on StarCast. We'll see you in January. Christiana, thank you so much for having me, and I'm looking forward to seeing you. Thanks for joining us for StarCast. For more information about our annual conference, visit us online at starcon.com. That's S-T-A-A-R-C-O-N.com. We are looking forward to seeing you in January. January.